But are you ready for a joke? And you know they're always good. Four expectant fathers are waiting in the hospital maternity ward while their wives are in labor. A nurse comes in and tells the first guy, congratulations, you're the father of twins. He says, man, what a coincidence. He said, what a coincidence. I work for the Minnesota Twins baseball team. About that time, another nurse comes in. She says to the other father, the second man, your wife has just had triplets. He goes, wow, what a coincidence. (laughs) I work for 3D company or 3M company. Then the nurse tells the third man that his wife has has had quadruplets. Another coincidence. said, I work for the Four Seasons Hotel. At this point, the fourth man... (laughs) faints when he comes to the the others bring him to they said what's the matter and he said i work for seven up (laughs) oh i thought that was funny i'll save the next one for another time (laughs) oh we just appreciate you guys we do have heat in in this side of the building now thank you jesus uh that was an all-day affair on friday but we got it in thanks to the lord Um, But, you know, God is good, and uh, we're just thanking God for his goodness as we walk with him. I want to talk to you this morning about being confused. Has anybody ever been confused? I've been confused. I don't like to admit that, but I think everybody in this place, in the sound of my voice and those that are online, let's welcome them. Uh, We've all been confused at one time or another. And we know that the author of confusion is the enemy. And he wants to get you confused. He wants to get you kind of just all uh, off kilter in your, in your mind, so to speak. I looked up the definition of confusion, and it says, a situation in which people do not understand what is happening, what they should do or who someone or something is. You got to understand that the enemy, his job is to keep you confused offended because you know if you're offended you can't receive if you're walking around in offense you're really going to have trouble hearing and getting from god getting you off focus if he can do any of those he will that's what he wants to do here's a story and i'm just going to kind of set the scene and and as i began to do this message i thought man that is that is right where we're at because i believe now if anything don't we want our prayers to be answered. The world is going in ways that we are not in agreement with, obviously, but then and we pray against things and we pray this and that and, and, and we want to see those answers come and sometimes we don't. And so we get confused and we want to know why. Here's a story of a woman. She was just hit over the head, mugged on the street. She was on the phone now back home talking to a Christian ministry, sobbing, how could this happen to me, she says. This is what she says. I confess Psalm 91 protection over myself every day. Now, I'm going to peel this onion back a little bit today, and I want you to understand. So hopefully this will be a little clarity and clear for us as we kind of look at some of this. But I think we've all been there when we left the house today. We pleaded the blood and angels around our home and all that. We do that every time we leave. I said that one more time. We do it every time we leave. Uh, But here's what we need to understand. We've probably all felt the way this woman did. We've confessed scripture and something happened contrary to what we've talked about. And we, we didn't understand why. 
So the man on the other end of the ministry line didn't, you know, he was like, I don't, how am I going to answer? Does anybody come up and ask you a question? And, and right away you're like, I know, you know, I understand what you're saying. I want to answer this, but I'm not sure how to answer it. And the Holy Spirit quickened him and, and told him to dig a little deeper and to ask her this question. And I thought, this is pretty cool. Isn't that great how the Holy Spirit does this? He told him to ask her why she had been where she was that day. Why did you go there? This was her response. It's important. So that's why I put this story in here. Her response was, well, I was just running some errands in that part of town. I did have a check in my spirit about going there that day, she recalled. And there it was. Her confession didn't work because it was based on what the Bible calls, now are you ready for this? Feigned faith. Now listen to what I'm saying. And that what feigned faith is, is presumption. It's pretty much saying this. It's saying that you can ignore the word of God that God spoke to you or the Holy Spirit quickened to you and confess scripture over yourself and just say, well, it doesn't apply because this is, I'm just going to confess scripture even if God said, don't go there. Have you ever been on a trip and, and you were going a certain route and God said, don't go that route, go another route? And you've went the other route and then realized you saw ambulances and everything else on the, and God had redirected you. Had you been on the other route, you could have been in that whole mess. So again, in her mind, she's saying, but I confessed scripture, but God had already told her, don't go there. Now, there are stories in the Bible where somebody said, you know, God said, stay here. Don't, don't do anything, but stay here. And other people said, well, God told us to tell you. You got to be careful. Somebody gives you a word, make sure you know that they're good for that. You know what I'm saying? They got to have a track record because everybody, everybody's got an opinion. Okay, so it's a big mistake if we ignore what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Now, God's not going to tell you to do anything outside the word, but if he, he may say, mm, don't, do, don't go there. Don't do this. Do this instead. So she was standing on a scripture, but she was ignoring the warning God had given her personally. Now, is it wrong that she ran errands over there? Is it wrong? No, but what God was trying to say, don't go over there, and that wouldn't have happened. But she ignored that and then went around and said, I'm still going to claim this scripture and do what I want to do. It looked like faith. It sounded like faith. She even quoted, like I said, scripture, but God had already checked her about going, and she wound up with a confession that didn't work. It didn't come to pass. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain, because to me, this is helping me. So I hope it's helping you. This is why it didn't work, because she was out of alignment. Now, this isn't one of those, hey, this is three prayers in a poem, and we're just going to feel good about everything. I get it. But we need some stuff that goes, I need to understand what works and what doesn't. We're not getting all the things we're confessing, and we need to turn that around, because perhaps, just perhaps, you and I may be going about it wrong. There's been too many situations in, in our lives, and mine included, where it seems like we prayed something and the opposite happened. We confessed things. They didn't come to pass. We claimed things, and they didn't happen. 
<clears throat> and let me say this. If we continue to do that and we don't, as Pastor Gary would say, be a, like a, a spiritual scientist and ask why, it will hurt your faith. Because your faith is your belief system. It is, it is what you have experienced through your life. If we confess, confess, and confess, and it doesn't happen, and we keep doing it and nothing happens, we, we stop expecting. I mean, I've talked to people, so have you. Maybe it's even been yourself. Or, well, it works for you. It just doesn't work for me. Something's not connecting. One of those dots somehow didn't get connected. But it affects us and those around us. It affects our faith. So I just went on a personal journey and, and started saying this. And again, remember we've talked. I've I, I kind of brought us to this point, or God has, about the words we speak. How we are alive. My wife and I help each other with that. She seems to help me more. But, you know, it's, it's helpful because we live in the world that we created with our own mouth. We don't even like to admit that. Of the negative or the positive or our belief of what we're believing. But I want to see when I confess something that it happened. Now, I have a lot of fruit in my life. But there's times when stuff doesn't happen. I want to know why. So here's our first thought. If you're confessing something and it's not working, could be timing. You could be seven and go, I, I want to drive. Pretty good that you don't drive right now. You know what I'm saying? So it could be timing. could be God's timing. We have put our house up for sale before, and God said, you take it off the market. You put it up when I tell you to put it up. Wasn't a bad thing. Just wasn't a God thing at the time. How many understand what I'm saying? So... Again, I could go ahead and say, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put it up. And God said, don't put it up. I'm going to put it up. Guess what would happen? It would sell. And we'd be sad. And the only people that we could thank for it is the people we looked in the mirror at. Because God had given us the warning and we had to heed it. So I'm, I'm speaking out of my own life. I'm trying to help you if you're frustrated and you're saying, I want to have faith, but I really get it Sunday morning. But Monday's still coming. Here's our first thought. If you're confessing and it's not working, you're not hearing with your heart. You're not listening with your heart. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. That's the New Living Translation. You see, your confessions work when they're founded and grounded on the word of God, rooted and grounded in faith, when it is God's word that you are your belief, you're trusting in the belief system. The Bible's, you know, you call for the elders of the church. They anoint them with oil. They lay hands on the, you know, so people are like, okay. Okay, then uh, that's what, that's the reason. I, we put faith in the action. Listen. But if we pull this back further, the faith should be based on because the word said to do that. Not just the action. The action is there because the word proclaimed that. We need to understand that the word is always true. And our faith should be bound and tied to that. So where does real faith come from? It comes from and by hearing. Faith comes from and by hearing. And this is where we need to get this right. Because we get turned around. 
It's much more than just hearing, like I hear you, like sounds coming off my eardrums. I hear that. My wife can talk to me, and if I'm watching football, I can be like, yeah, 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 I hear that. I hear her talking, but I'm not really paying attention. I'm not listening. I'm hearing noise. Not that you make noise, but you know what I'm saying. So the kind of hearing that brings faith is the same kind of hearing that Jesus is referring in Matthew eleven fifteen. 15. He says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. The, the living version says this, he who has ears, let him hear. So we all have ears. But what was he saying? What is Jesus? What are you meaning that we, you know, if we have ears, I'm trying to, I want you to get to them because it's going to change everything. Because this is a legal issue. This is, this is a legal thing. This is, God is hearing you, not as, as just like you're hearing me speak, but he's also hearing, it's like a, a judge would take a case. He, he's hearing that. Let's get a little deeper. He's talking about the condition of your heart. Are you listening to just what you want to hear? Do you have selective hearing? Our kids do sometimes. My kids had selective hearing. Their favorite two words are, I know. And for the longest time when we were growing up, my name was Dad Can I and Mom But. Mom, but Dad, can I? And, you know, they had selective hearing. So we're going to, let's go a little deeper. In the spirit realm, you hear with your heart. You hear with your spirit. It is connected with God. The condition of your heart affects your ability to hear. If you have a clean, good heart, you hear very well. You, you begin to pick up things. My wife has supersonic natural hearing in the natural. She can hear a grasshopper rub its feet at 200 yards. It will not bother me. But if, I mean, we, at the last house we had, her fan over one part of the room was just, it was fine. My fan was, and every once in a while I'd go, drove her up a wall. She would turn my fan off. Finally, she found out she turned it on low. It didn't go. But I didn't like that because her side was cooler. But the hearing, little sounds, she'll be like, do you hear that? I heard that. I didn't hear anything. She will pick it up naturally because she has great hearing. She probably gets that from her mom. But I'm telling you, in the spirit, she has great hearing as well. So, I mean, we all can have that kind of hearing if we keep our heart tuned to the spirit of God. If you are bitter, if you're unforgiving, if you're mostly negative, if you think you have it all figured out, that's pride. You're going to miss what God has to say to you. If you're closed off to the idea that you could ever be wrong. I, I had people tell me, I've had one person say, I'm never wrong. There's your first mistake. 
you're going to have trouble hearing from God. Even if it's, you know, if it's through his word or through other people trying to help you. An unwilling heart makes a deaf spiritual ear. If you're not willing to listen to God, you're not willing for God to correct you, you're not willing to let him do what he wants to do, tell you where to go, or for you to follow him, then you become spiritually deaf. So that causes your confessions to not be led of the spirit, to just be led of your flesh. Does that make sense? A willing heart, on the other hand, makes a hearing ear. God, I want all that you have for me to do. I want you to speak to me. I want to hear what you have to see. I remember Charles saying, he goes, I just, I loved how I always said God. I want more of God. He would, the way he said that, it was just God. But I like how he said it. Anyway, that's just my own personal thing. But, but again, if we have an open mindset, an open heart to listen to the Lord and say, God, show me, teach me. You need God's anointing to hear a rhema word. With your heart. A rhema is a spoken utterance by the Holy Spirit, spoken directly to you. He speaks to your heart regarding a scripture or a situation. In other words, you God just says, boom, do this, go there, sow this, pray for this person. It is a rhema word. In other words, it is word that God is saying, Brett, do this. He's talking to, he's not talking generalities, he's talking to me. Now, it could be a word that maybe a lot of people will take. Fine, I'm not them, I'm me. If it's to me, I'm gonna receive what he has for me. You get it? Then I line my confessions up with the word that God gave me. Come on, somebody. If he gave me a rhema word, he spoke it into me. I know what he said. Has God ever told you something? And inside your spirit goes, boing. And you go, I know God wants me to do that. I heard him. I can tell you specific places where I was, where I was standing, what was happening when God said, boom. I got a rhema word from God. Now, I want you to stay with me because I'm going to say some things that might shake you up a little bit. Faith doesn't come by just reading your Bible. Unless you heard from him and you got a word while you're reading it. You need the word. It is God. I get that. But again, faith comes from and by hearing. Same is true when you listen to me preach or another minister or whoever. Romans 10, 14. Now, I'm going to read it. I'm going to explain. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them you can't and you won't there's no believing without hearing and there's no faith without believing they all tie together the verse continues it says how do they hear without a preacher it doesn't say how do they hear without a bible people have to hear to many people the bible is is just ink on a page to you and i if you're a believer it is we know it's much more than that because we're basing our belief in what it, the Bible says, that's what we base it on. There are others that do not do that. The anointing on the preaching will cause you to hear in a way that brings revelation to your spirit. Does that make sense? In other words, it's not me that's, I, I might be bringing it, but it's the anointing that's on me. All right, so it's not Brett that's getting the credit. It would be anointing that all of a sudden you go, I get it. 
It's the anointing. When you read the word, you ever read the word and all of a sudden now the word is anointed, but something jumps off the page and, and God speaks at you and you're like, oh my gosh, that's yes. And now you have an answer. It's the anointing that brings that revelation, that rhema to you. That's why people need preachers. God put it that way. It's not the person, it's the anointing on the person. Some people think that faith always comes by going to a meeting. Now, we can take some of this, and I get it, because I believe there are places where there are, the anointing is heavier. Just kind of like, have you ever seen it rain over here and it didn't rain over here? Because the, the atmosphere is more conducive over here, and that's why scientists would say it rains. Sometimes there are services where it's just God is just moving, and you're going to experience that in those, and I get that. So I'm not saying none of that is true, and, and obviously the Bible is anointed and it is the word of God. There's no fault in it whatsoever. But you need to hear it. They say most Americans have at least five Bibles in their house. I don't know whether they use them, but they have at least five. Now we have them on our phone, which I'm okay with that as long as you're looking at it, using it. Secondly, here's why if our confessions aren't coming to pass. You didn't hear from God first, John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. This one's a tougher one. You know what I'm finding is, is right now, if you, if you notice, we're pretty, it's pretty quiet in here. Because these are things that we're all like, oh, man. We use terms as believers like, and I've done it, and there's nothing wrong with using these, but I'm going to explain I'm believing, I'm believing God for this, I'm believing God for that, and I think you should confess this is what I'm believing God for. There's nothing wrong with that. And it sounds spiritual and faith-filled, and it can be. But it has to be based on something. It can't be just mamby-pamby, I'm just shooting this out, it doesn't mean anything, these are just words. Remember that God records every idle word. But if you don't believe any of the good things you want to happen and you just say things, then obviously words work in the opposite way. But what are you believing for? I'm believing God for, what is it based upon? Do you have a petition? Do you have something that God showed you? Did you, were you talking to God and then he gave you a word out of that word? I'm not talking about just looking at your concordance. We can do that. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that's wrong because that's a starting point. If you don't know, your concordance is kind of like the dictionary type in the back. And it lists things that, you know, if you, you're fighting fear, there's some scripture on fear. If you're fighting this, you can find those. You can quote that scripture. But you have to believe what the scripture says. You have to base it on something you're believing for. So what are you basing it on? The Bible's full of hundreds of promises. So how do you know what to stand on? If someone were to come up, I'm believing God for this. What are you going to respond? What are you standing on? I've had ministers ask me that. So, so what's your scripture? What, what has God told you about that? I've had people that weren't ministers. Just that I have one guy that's a friend of mine, and he is like Dr. Question. Sometimes I'm like, go away. You know, but, but he's a good friend. He's a, he's a good guy. And what he's trying to do is make you understand exactly what you're standing on. 
You can stand on the word. You need to stand on the word. But you need to say, God, which word do you want me to stand on? All of it's true. What am I standing on? If I don't get with God and I'm just randomly, ah, our confessions, then there's no authority behind it. Although it is true and it is a word, we're not really believing it to come to pass. So it has no power. Does that make sense? You can't confess something into being just because you want it. The Bible says God gives you the desires of his heart, of our hearts. And it also tells us, you know, Jesus said, not my will, but your will. When we begin to say, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. Some of the things that we wanted before, we may not want now. And we just, show me, Lord, listen to this phrase. If you become more selective, you'll become more effective. If you become more selective, you'll become more effective. God, what do you want me to pray about this situation? You know, I've had people ask me, I need you to come over here and I need you to exercise this room. And they're not talking about doing weights and repetition. They're talking about coming in and let God just clean the place out because they're having problems with demonic whatever in that room. And they've asked me stuff like, hey, when you come in, will it go? I said, yeah, it'll go. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure it'll go. But so am I. I'm not going to stay. So what are you basing what you're standing on once I leave? See, that's where this is getting. This is down to, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My kids would come over and say, you know, they'd come to us when they were little and say, we want to go and stay over at so-and-so's house. And we would just, we weren't comfortable with that at the time. We said, no. And they said, well, and I'm just making up names. Well, Timmy let so-and-so stand. You look around. This isn't Timmy's house. Timmy don't live here. And my kids would be like, I know. So we would make things for them and do our best to do what we felt was best. If we could go back, I think any parent would go back and go, I'd make changes. I'd probably do it different. Some things. Not everything. But you can't. You do the best you can. You know, my mom had to put up with me growing up. You want to talk about a saint? You did the best you could. We need to do what Jesus did and say what we hear God say. Speaking only what you hear from God. Hearing from him all the time and his living words in us. My wife will quote off a scripture quicker than Carter has liver pills. I don't know how many liver pills Carter has. But she'll say, you know, it says in Proverbs or it says in Psalms, and she'll just... And I'm like, yeah. Because I've, I've heard it, I've read it, but man, she's just, because she's studious. She has that, she's ready to, saying what God would say. Do you know that God's word doesn't come back void? You can send God's word out if, if, in your belief if you're saying, this is the, what God spoke to me, I can pray this. That's how people get healed, they receive what God has already done. It just, it comes back. God just, yep, it'll go and do what it's supposed to do. If you say what he says, what God says, he'll do what you say. He'll back it up. If he told you something, 
and you say what he says, he will back it up. He will do what you say. God is not obligated, and we have found this out by our own, to back every idea that I come up with. He's not obligated to fund every project, every venture you launch into, because we have went back and said, we shouldn't have did this, we shouldn't have bought that, I wish we'd have did this different. Was it wrong? I don't know that it was necessarily wrong, but it put us in hot spots because we didn't check with God first. Or if we did, we didn't wait to hear the answer or said, no, 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 God, you don't seem to understand. Get back to me. We'll make another appointment. And we went ahead and did with what we want, and then we had to walk through that. And did he help me? Yes, he did, because all things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. He will work it out for my good, but he's not obligated to get me out of a mess I put myself in. But he sometimes, I mean, really, a lot of times he still helps us because then we confess and we believe and we start going, all right, how do I get out of this? Sometimes I wish I would learn better because I, have you ever done something you said, I'm never doing that again? Help me, Jesus. That's where they come up with that song, Jesus, take the wheel. I mean, there's just times you're like, oh. But aren't you glad he's Lord and we are not? But we want to see our confessions get to where they're supposed to be. Here's our last one for today. You're not obeying what he said. Numbers 14, 41. Moses said, why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? And then this is what Moses says. It won't work. Now, in the beginning, we talked about, remember the lady that got mugged? She had neglected to obey God's instruction, not go to a certain part or place or whatever, even though she was confessing Psalm 91. Now, this is different if somehow you're forced or you're, you know, it wasn't your choice and then that's a whole different thing. But if God had warned you or told you don't do this, that's what we're looking at. Confession is only part of the deal. Words are important about receiving. We've talked about that. But they're followed so many times by mistakes in other areas. What are you saying, Brett? I'm saying sometimes we, we, mean, uh, we mean well, but we null and void our own confession. We start out right. We, we have a heart that says it's right. Oh, I'm going to do this. Yes, God, I am. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to start giving. It's going to be, oh, God, I'm going to do it. I don't care what it looks like. And then it looks like what you thought it was looking like once you get out of church. And you're like, next week, I'm going to do this one more week this way. And then maybe if I gave part of it. And the next thing you know, we've talked ourselves out and we're becoming disobedient we're not listening to what he's saying or whatever that you know we've talked to him about we disqualify ourselves by our own doing think about israelites god told us and he told us basically said you know don't do what they did this is what god says god says have you ever told this to your children don't do that and they did it anyway don't do that and they keep doing it god says don't save the manna. They save it. God says, don't gather on the seventh day. On the sixth day, gather enough for both days. They still go out on the seventh day. They tried to gather. God called them stubborn and stiff-necked. Anybody ever be that way or know of anybody? Don't elbow your spouse. 
Maybe we've been there, I mean, but I think I've been there, or I've ignored the Holy Spirit. He's tried to tell me something, and I've just pushed him out. I mean, one time I, I asked the Lord if I could get Kim a dog, and she wanted a wiener dog. I've told you the story, so I'll make it very quick. He said, I, I went to him, I said, God, I want to get her a wiener dog. I know it sounds kind of silly. I said, can I? And he said, yes. He had more to say, but I didn't want to hear any more, so I just said, that's good. So I went and got the dog. In six months, I had to get rid of the dog because we had to move to go into ministry. And I was not the hero with my youngest son because he had bonded with the dog. We should have called the dog. We called the dog Max. We should have called the, the dog Peter because all the dog did was pee. He was cute, but he'd roll on the ground and just like a fire hose, it would just be. And Kim would be, it's either the dog or me. So, so Max left. But I was not the hero with Sam, and I went back to the Lord and said, you told me I could get the dog. And he said, yes, and if you'd have stayed for the rest of the conversation, I'd have said, wait six months. Oh. we got to understand that we have to do what he's telling us to do and what to correct. And if we, if we won't obey him in little things, and I'm talking to myself, what are the chances of, of us obeying him? We have to obey him in the little things, and then the bigger things come. That's what Israel, they have, to, they have to learn. God told them to go up and possess the land he had given them, and they said, no, we're not going up. So in Numbers 14, 25, he tells them, okay, now you need to go into the wilderness. And what do they do? They said, no. You know what? We're not going to do that now. We realize that you, what you told us before, we're going to go and get the promised land. That's what we're going to do. And God said, you need to go into the wilderness because basically that train had moved a little bit. They missed that chance, at least at that time. Verse 40, this is what happens. Numbers 14, 40, and 46. They got up early the next morning, went to the top of the hill. Let's go, they said. We realize we've sinned. Now we're ready to enter the land the Lord has promised. Moses said, why are you now disobeying the Lord's orders to return to the wilderness? It won't work. Do not go up into the land now. You'll only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. When you face the Amalekites and Canaanites in battle, you'll be slaughtered. The Lord will abandon you because you have abandoned the Lord. But the people defiantly pushed ahead toward the hill country, even though neither Moses nor, listen to this, nor the ark of the, of the Lord's covenant left the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in the hills came down, attacked them, chased them back far as Hormah. So can they have faith to go in the promised land now? They repented. It still doesn't stop what God's instruction is now. You have to understand. That's why Bible talks about faith without works. There's times like when put the house up for sale. Take it off. You know, we, when we put it up when it wasn't time. You put it up when I tell you. We put it up, it sold in a week. Put it up before, it was going to sell, but we didn't have any place to go. My point is this, we could have realized, you know what, we did that wrong, but we repented. So now we're going to do it again. But had the Lord said to do it yet, he hadn't told us yet. Had we did it again, we would have been in trouble because he didn't tell us. So you've got to listen. What is God telling you now, sometimes there's things where you're like, I don't get it, God. Why is this not happening? 
And you might say, well, what do you mean? I don't know. He's not talking to me. What did he tell you last? Well, the last time I heard him, he said this. Did you do it? Nope. Maybe you should go back and ask him what about that before you try to do something else and see what he says. Maybe he'll say to complete it. Maybe he'll say, now that I got your attention. God doesn't do things. He doesn't put bad things on you. He doesn't put sickness on you. He doesn't try to give you COVID to teach you a lesson. That's not our God. Our God is, he is awesome. He is the healer. He is the protector. It is us that must walk with him and get direction on what to do, wisdom on how to be and what to do or not do. God's last instruction to the Israelites was go into the wilderness. They could have said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're going into the promised land. Let's go. But they'd be out of alignment, just like the first story. Sounds like faith, but it isn't. It's really rebellion. It can be a good thing, but not a God thing. What is God telling you to do? Quoting scriptures while ignoring the Lord told you to do something. Deciding your faith by your own faith, I guess, to do something else. And then getting mad at God when he doesn't produce. If we aren't obeying what he said for us to do, our confessions are going to come up short. Now, I know I had to look inside myself. If I'm doing it right, it's going to work every time. If I'm listening and my ear is tuned to him, it works. If I do not, it's kind of a 50-50 chance, isn't it? I'd rather have things right. I'm tired of walking confused. This is my, this is my last story, and I, I, won't, I won't really even have to finish it. I remember I was called to minister some place. It wasn't a church. It was in some auditorium. And it was one of the first times the Lord had given me he spoke that rhema word to me. A logos word is like a written word. The rhema word is like Brett or Kim or Gibby or whoever. And, and he told me I was speaking and I, I remember hearing him in my, in my mind and in my spirit. He said, I, I want to heal someone and they're on your right and they're blind. I want to heal their eyes. And I'm speaking. And he kept coming back to me. My point is this. I could have not obeyed. God would still love me. He would, he would still bless me. I don't know if it would be that because I didn't listen to him. So there'd be, there'd be learning periods for me to before I could do some more things in that area. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me because he's going to listen to the small things. And he said it again. Now, there is a, probably a couple hundred people there. And I had never done that before. Not that I was about to do anything, but I had never, he had not done that, talked to me that way before. And so I said, God wants to heal somebody. 
And I, immediately when I stepped out in faith, now think about this, these three things we talked about. He spoke immediately to me, he said, she's on your right side. So immediately I knew, but I didn't catch it when he first said it. I knew she was on my right side. So I said, the person's over here. Then he said, four rows up or something like that. And I said, you're four rows up. And then he said, it's a woman. Of course, he had already said, I think he said, she's on your right side. So I just didn't catch it. But he's, he's patient with me. So I said, Some, somebody on this side, some lady over here. And this woman gets up and she's elderly. And she has um, a white stick with a red tip. And somebody is leading her. Now, I, I remember her walk around the auditorium coming towards me. Because where other people, you could hear murmuring. Oh, there's a white stick. She's blind. She's blind. And in my mind, this is what's going on the other side. What are you going to do now? What happens when this doesn't work? Confusion wants to set in. Now it's decision time. Lord, you've got me this far. So she came up. And the, the long story short, I prayed for her. And I remember taking my hands off her eyes. And her eyes were all filmy and cloudy. And I took my hands off her eyes and they were clear as a bell. And this lady, she must have been about 90. She goes, I can see. It started doing, I can see, and the whole place erupted, and then people started coming down to the altar to get prayer. And it's like God opened up a floodgate, and God started going, and I've just, I remember the feeling of obedience, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm telling you that this morning, the things, even though they're hard to say, but look at the truth of what I've told you in those three things. You got to listen with your heart. You got to talk to him first. What's he say? And you got to do what he says. And if you'll do that, you'll start seeing things happen. Instead of a 50-50 chance or I don't know. When I pray for someone, I totally believe they're done. It's healed. He's already provided for it. What happens from that point, I let God and them take care of it. My belief system says it's done. Would you stand your feet and bow your head and close your eyes, please?